baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome, welcome to uh, the Good Friday edition of the Wilmarotti Show. Good to be with you today. Joy Burgoyne filling in for, for Matt, who will be returning on, on Monday. Now, we do have a special guest on hold, but I did promise I would go uh, to uh, this call because they were holding before the break. So I want to welcome Mike from Bristol, Bristol, former home of the Bristol Red Sox. Hey, Mike. Hey, Pastor Will. How are you? Good, good. What's on your mind? Uh, I'm actually calling to kind of promote the prayer breakfast for conventions of states. Okay, go ahead real quick. We're holding it April 23rd from 9 to 11 at Wellspring Church, which is at 222 Lincoln Street in Kensington. Okay. Uh, The tickets are 20 bucks, and you can go get them at Eventbrite. Just search up prayer breakfast. And uh, I think we have 56 tickets left. Wow. And again, what, what's the date and time? Uh, April 23rd, 9 to 11 a.m. April 23rd, 9 to 11 a.m. And this, and this is um, in conjunction with the um, Convention of States. Yeah, we're uh, going to be praying for the nation because same same reason you do it at 9-11. Yeah, yeah. This place is turned upside down. And, well, I, I think know, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great event. I wish I could make it, but I have a, I think I have a radio commitment that day. Hey, Mike, thank you so much for calling. Appreciate it. Joining us now on the hotline, someone who um, is committed to the retirement of Richard Blumenthal um, in, a, in a big way, in a big way. And uh, we want to welcome back our, our good friend, Themis Clarkus. Themis, welcome to the show. Happy Good Friday. Happy Good Friday. Now, when will you celebrate Easter? I was going to say, will you celebrate next week or this week? This year, this year it's one week apart, so it's next week. So it's the 24th is Greek Orthodox. Yeah, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's two or three or four weeks apart. But this year, your Easter is is late enough that at least we had a better chance of having good weather. You know, sometimes it's a couple weeks earlier. Yeah, yeah. um, It's still winter, basically, so... I like I like having nice it weekend. in later Easter, uh, later April, because at least it pretty much eliminates the chance of snow. Because you know you don't want to have snow on your Super Bowl day, right? It's not, not, not don't jinx thing, so. it. Right, <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> um, hey, so um, I, I we've got to talk about something that has come up a number of times, and um, and I understand why. I understand why, but and and I I don't. Um, well, well, it's the whole gun thing, and and back in. Um, Back in 2016, there was a, a, a bill that was introduced, and again, this is, this is partially as a response to, to the shooting at Sandy Hook, um, but, you know, Connecticut already has uh, some of the strictest gun laws in the country, and this, this was one that really, really upset a lot of 
uh, Second Amendment people having to do with banning certain types of weapons, imposing a uh, uh, 10-round uh, limit on magazines. And, and you were one of the Republicans that voted for it. And so a lot of people have commented to me and done so publicly on the show, privately, that you know they're a little concerned about where you stand on the Second Amendment and where you stand on people's rights to own guns. So I, rather than trying to explain it myself, it's better to have you explain it. So you have the floor, Ms. Themis. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, yeah, I did. I voted for that bill. I was in the House at the time. Uh, that was a very difficult time for everyone, and I know that there, were, there was a wide range of opinions on what, uh, what should happen, if anything, with legislation. I just need people to understand that at the time, as we have today, we had a Democrat governor and we had a Democrat-controlled House and Senate by a good amount. And they were all hell-bent on putting in as many gun restrictions as they could. And so we in the minority party had a decision to make. Do we, and I wasn't leader at the time, but our leader and, and um, leadership team decided to go into the room and negotiate. Because the other option was just to sit outside, mm-hmm. let the Democrats do as much damage as they could, mm-hmm. uh, and just let that happen and vote no. Now, mm-hmm. there were many people who told us they pr- preferred that option. And they told us that because they said, you should just cross your arms, dig your heels in, let the Democrats vote on it, they pass it, it's going to be, <clears throat> it's going to be a lawsuit, and it's, not, it's going to be held unconstitutional. Now, I'm a lawyer, but I'm no constitutional expert. We have many smarter lawyers than I that we consulted with in regards to this issue, and they felt strongly it was not going to be held unconstitutional. We may not have liked it, right? but it was right. not going to be unconstitutional. So I take an oath every two years, like all the state representatives and state senators do, and we have an obligation to make a decision to do what's best for Connecticut. And we decided in that situation the Democrats were going to put so many more restrictions on gun owners, for example, taxing ammunition, uh, limiting limiting all you know quote unquote assault weapons, which would include, you know, in their definition, would have included things like hunting rifles. Sure. And so, the only people that were defending the Second Amendment in that room were us. I understand people didn't like the final result, mm-hmm. but people need to recognize very clearly that in a legislature, there's a lot of people putting up a lot of proposals. And unfortunately, we were in the minority in all three, House, Senate, and the governor's office. And they were going to do whatever they want, mm-hmm. wanted. And they were going to put much more damage on the Second Amendment and the people of the state uh, than, they, than the final bill did. So sadly, we had two bad options. We, we picked the best of the two. Yeah. Well, here's what people's concern is about that. And, and I, I completely understand what you're saying, and I remember it very well. When it happened, I was on the air at that time um, during those days. Um, people are, are, because you voted for it and not understanding the, the nuance, not understanding what else could have happened, and the, the taxing of ammunition would have been disastrous, by the way. Um, they go automatically, well, okay, Themis is anti-gun. That, that's mm-hmm. the jump. You go from, you voted for a gun control bill, and that means you're anti-gun. So people need to hear from you, Themis. What's your position on gun ownership here in the United States? I am not anti-gun. I support the Second Amendment. I've had my pistol permit for almost 30 years now. You are a gun owner? <laughs> I'm not a gun owner. I have my permit. I, ha- I have not gotten to the point where I bought a gun yet. Um, every but you have a permit. 
for almost 30 years, yes. What are you because waiting for? Sadly, let's, go up, let's go buy one. Come on. Well, more importantly, I want to go <laughs> shooting more than actually buy the gun. I mean, I actually enjoy it. Oh, you have, uh, so I, you've, I went, you've fired a weapon before. Oh, many times. In fact, um, as you know, I got married a year and a half ago. And yep. because it was during COVID, we didn't really have a honeymoon. So last uh, October, we went away for five days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to try and, and have that honeymoon. And mm-hmm. one of my husband, who is a big, you know, who is a gun owner and a big gun proponent, uh, took me to a shooting range out of state. Mm-hmm. And I got to shoot all sorts of weapons. And Uzi was my favorite. You shot an Uzi. Well, I, I, I like did. That. I, I did. do like <laughs> compact. I, I like never, it. Yeah, I never shot that before. But, um, okay. yeah, I mean, I actually enjoy shooting. I just wish I had more time to do it more often. So, uh, you know, for me... We have some of the most restrictive and strict gun laws in the United States of America, so I would not support any further restrictions on gun laws in Connecticut. But what really bothers me, you know, the flip side of this is, okay, we have these gun laws. People have to abide by them. They're the law. But the state has their obligation, too, on the other side. By that, I mean two things. The bureaucracy to just get a gun permit in the state is out of control. Mm-hmm. I have talked to people, I'm sure you have, yeah, that you in this, this day and age, it takes eight, nine, ten months, a year longer to get a gun permit. So if you have all these laws, people follow them, right? You should be able to get your gun permit as long as you you sufficiently fulfill these requirements, right? Yeah. It shouldn't take a year to get a gun permit. So the state's failing in regards to that. You know, the other, the other issue is, um, we talk about background checks a lot, and we already have a federal NIC system, right? Mm-hmm. That people can, it's, it's a federal system that people, you know, that goes, does background checks and uh, on a federal level, but it's only as good as the information put into it, right? So there's mm-hmm. been a lot of issues. I know there was a situation in Texas where law enforcement didn't put the proper information into it. So they weren't able to properly identify somebody that should have been identified. So, you know, it, it's one side is certainly there's laws that people need to follow. Mm-hmm. And in Connecticut, with, with the restriction of the laws that we have, mm-hmm. um, government has their responsibility, too. Sure. We follow the laws. Government should do, should do their part. And I don't believe they're doing their part in an efficient way. It shouldn't take over a year to get a gun permit as long as you're following the rules. Well, I think, I think the rule in Connecticut, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's supposed to be like 90 days. I think is you know, I remember I got mine years ago, and I, I got mine in like six weeks. But, um, you know, of course, now they're blaming right, COVID my, and shortage. They're, they're blaming all kinds of, of problems with sh- COVID and shortage. And I just think it, it, is, it is too cumbersome and it takes too long. So, so for that, the record. Well, before COVID, well, it was the yeah. same thing. Oh, was it? All, okay. right? all right. The same problems were happening. It okay. was still taking way too long. Mm-hmm. To, once you, you are told by government to follow the rules. Right. Once you follow those rules, you should be able to get the results that you're asking for in a reasonable amount of time. I'm not saying mm-hmm. two days, right. right? But a reasonable right. amount of time right. of processing. It's not right. happening. Okay. So, so for the record, if 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 you're in in Washington, when you're in Washington, and you are confronted or you you a, a bill comes across your desk that would impose additional restrictions of gun freedom in the United States. As a, as a United States senator, and you have to make a decision on that bill, wh- wh- what can you tell the, the potential voters if you're here in Connecticut? What are you going to do? 
Well, I wouldn't support anything, remember, so that's a federal, that would be a federal law, which means it would be applying to every state in the country. Right. And I think it's very, it's very dangerous and very difficult to make a national law because on certain issues because every state's different, right? Connecticut's different from New York, different from Montana, that's different from Wyoming. So I would always lean towards the state's decision to make their own laws. That would be mm-hmm. the first thing I would I would lean towards. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um because I believe states states have the best ability to make those decisions for themselves. I mean we just talked about background checks. Obviously I support them, but I support them in, in the in the form that we have them. And Again, with the NIC system, you have mm-hmm. to make it as good as it's only as good as the people who are putting the information in, and they sure. have their responsibility to put that information in too. Mm-hmm. So that would, so I would not support anything that would make Connecticut laws more restrictive if I were down there. But I would be very, um, very seriously consider whatever came up for a national law because states, I believe, are the best people to make the decisions for themselves. Okay, so you, you actually have a gun permit. You could carry if you chose to. You do not own a gun, but you have <laughs> shot, you have fired weapons a number of times. You, you're, Many you're, times. Okay. And and your favorite is the Uzi, the Israeli <laughs> compact version. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I myself have fired many weapons also. I, I kind of like the AK-47, but that's, that's not here. That's obviously out of state because you can't have those. Here. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Um, Ukraine. So we uh, we see that the Ukrainians, God bless them, have have sank a Russian missile cruiser, guided missile cruiser, and uh, we do have an announcement. There's a bulletin out about that, by the way, and I just wanted to share that with you because you may not have seen this yet. I believe it's hot off the press. This is a public. It was a public service announcement from the Russian Coast Guard. It said recent reports of Russian Navy's loss of flagship Moskva sinking are untrue the russian navy has converted the cruiser into a new type of submarine and it has con- it has commenced its first underwater trials on the black sea that's um that's a little bit of levity there for for war um <laughs> i'm i'm amazed at the ukrainians resistance to what is is clearly you know they're outnumbered they're outgunned and they are they are doing some damage uh, are are we doing enough, and should we do more? I mean, I, I think it's great. Yesterday, we said we're going to send a high-level official over there and meet with President Zelensky in, in, in Kiev. Big deal. I mean, I, I'd rather get more guns, right? So do w- you think we're doing enough, I guess, to help Ukraine? Well, I'm, I'm at least happy to see the president seems to be stepping up his game on defending Ukraine, but I'm not 100% sure of that because what I, what I don't understand uh, is that Let's just use the sanctions on oil and gas, right? The fact that we're, we're stopping buying from Russia, right? Yeah. Do you realize? So he made a big deal about that a couple of weeks ago. And right. we all we're still buying it from that's what, that's what we all agree. Right. Not until the end of June it doesn't right, stop. Right, right. What's it the purpose nothing. of that? I don't know. Why I'm don't you not, just do it now? It's like words and actions, right? We can say things, but it's it's what we're doing that really matters. So that his words are one thing, and the words sound mm-hmm. like they're strong. But then his actions don't match the words. So I have really serious concerns from that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Putin's been stealing from Russian working people for decades. Right? He's the biggest oligarch of all, you know. Mm-hmm. He's, he holds everything over these people's heads. And um, I don't know why we haven't seized his $700 million yacht that's sitting off the coast of Italy. Like, why mm-hmm. haven't we done that? 
I, I didn't know it was there. I, I, I haven't been on it recently, so I didn't know where they kept it. <laughs> I thought you were on it last week, Pastor Will. I thought no, you no, were no. I, I only go on. Um, I only go on Ukrainian yachts. I don't go. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so we're seeing we're seeing inconsistent yeah. messages from the president, and therefore Senator Blumenthal and all the Democrats mm. that that line up behind Biden, right? Yeah. And so I, I don't understand it. We talked. To, I think. I don't remember if you and I talked about secondary sanctions. I think we touched um, on it, but we didn't. We didn't have a. a, a yeah, I think we touched on it a couple weeks ago. You know, and so uh, there's a lot of things that should be that can be done that are not being done. You know, if for if instance, the U.S. Treasury just blocked mm-hmm. a a six hundred million dollar, I believe, Russian payment on its on its sovereign debt. Mm-hmm. Right, so you forbid use of any Russian-owned dollars mm-hmm. held at U.S. banks. Mm-hmm. Just that in itself would be a good step, like a really strong step forward, because it starts Russia on the on the road to default on their debt. And, 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 and the reason we're not doing that, it, I mean, have they talked about it? For, I mean, is there, there's some stated reason why we're resistant to? That sounds like a pretty major thing. Why wouldn't we do it? Have you heard anybody ask the president why we're not stopping buying oil and gas from Russia till the end of June? Nobody asks the question. No. I mean, we still have to go after Russia's energy sector, mm-hmm. you know, where they're still exporting one-third more. So Russia is still exporting one-third more energy mm-hmm. than they were a year ago today, which is oh my gosh. financing Putin's war machine. So, I mean, this is the problem. You know, we hear these nice words, and then everybody walks away from the TV, right, and goes back to their lives. Because well, we're all busy and we have, we have lives. And then, and then the president, we're, most people don't know that the oil and gas is still being bought until the end of June. Why? That's a simple question, I think. No, no reporter can ask that. Well, because they're all the problem. The, a lot are, of them are in the tank. Afraid, it's a problem. People are afraid, and people like Dick Blumenthal, did he ask it? Mm-hmm. No, because he's supportive of it. He'll just sit there and hope nobody notices. Well, I mean, the very fact that the, the ruble, us. the very fact that the ruble is making such a remarkable comeback, is proof that the sanctions aren't working. It has rallied over forty percent in recent weeks, which tells us one thing. I mean, do you remember in the first couple of weeks mm. it was almost zero? No, yeah, it, was, it was down to nothing. Right, right, right. And now it's rallied. Now, doesn't that tell you? I mean, if our dollar was rallying here, mm-hmm. everybody would be excited, right? Because that would mean. The economy is moving in a positive way. But I, their ruble, 40%, that means they're not hurting. He yeah. is not going to stop. Putin is not going to stop until he's hurting. Well, I like sinking, I like sinking the, the guided missile cruiser. I think that's a good mm-hmm. step. You know, I think, I think more sinking more Russian ships will help. Uh, I, I, I'm glad that we're putting more weapons in, but I, I, I do think there's more. Again, I, they, they keep asking for these MiG fighters from Poland, and supposedly mm-hmm. it's Biden who's blocking it because Poland's asking us to replenish those with, you know, older F-15, right. 14 Tomcats, and, and we're not doing that. And, and I, I've read several times that it's Biden himself that is blocking that move. And so. I don't understand that either. I, I don't know I mean, why people we people are, off, are offering the, these planes that that the Ukraine army is used to using. So there, there'll be no no, no you know, lag no, time in training. No just startup to, time and just press the button right and go. And right. go. Well, I'm listen, um, our our time is unbelievably diminished here. We we need to talk um, 
if you'll come on again, we'll need to talk about the economy because inflation all time soaring out of control. You know, gas prices have stabilized. It's still $2 a gallon more than it was a year and a half ago. Um, you know, groceries, forget it. Food costs. I mean, just everything is through the roof. And now they're saying this is going to continue through next year. So, um, you know, we need to we need to talk about that next time. Um, thank you so much. If I don't talk to you before, uh, uh, happy Easter to the uh, my my Eastern Orthodox friends, and uh, we'll thank be celebrating you. madly at New Life Church on Sunday. So <laughs> we'll be thinking about you, and uh, have well, a great uh, have a great weekend, and go go uh, go clip off some rounds with a Uzi. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try. Have a good day. You too. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. I'm going to, I'm going to read the names for the uh, Amen Choir this morning. Up to good, good volume for a good Friday. I was expecting like nobody because so many people were off today sleeping or whatever. Uh, and then more of your calls, 860-522-9842, right here. Friday, good Friday edition, Wilmarotti Show, WTIC, News Talk 1080. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 